This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From baseball's top personalities. The Hall of Famer, one of the great TV broadcasters, Bob Costas is here on A's Cast Live. To the A's legendary players. Five-time Major League Baseball home run champ, Mark McGuire is with us here. You never know what stories you're going to hear. We used to come out here to lunch and run with our shirts off. <laughs> you would say. This is A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. Time now for another edition of A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. This is going to be a great one. You're going to love it. Former Oakland Athletic Matt Chapman, former Oakland A, now a coach for the Royals, John Mabry, the voice of the Toronto Blue Jays, Dan Schulman, and from the Houston Astros, the opener, as we like to call him, reliever Ryan Stanek. Now, this is a list all over the place. But, of course, Matt Chapman coming back to Oakland was an emotional not only for him, but for everybody, former A's third baseman joined us on the set of A's Cast Live. Here is Matt Chapman. And so we'll we'll get him, Matt Chapman, on as we speak. Long time no see. Well, how have you been? It's good Great. to see you. How are you, Chris? We're doing well. We've uh, we've upped our game. You're now on video. You now see oh, the show cool. on YouTube and Perfect. on Twitter. Very cool. Well, it's been a while. I know. It has been a while. As we're getting Tony Kemp in here also, seeing your uh, old teammates. Yeah. Uh, what has that been like? Uh, it's been uh, interesting. You know, uh, a lot of emotions yesterday, first day back. Um, you know, it was a lot of fun. Just brought back good memories. Uh, it was maybe a little harder to uh, focus than uh, I thought yeah. <laughs> I thought it would be. You know, just a lot of, you know, good memories in this stadium, a lot of things. So it just kind of all happened real fast. But, um you know, I think today I've been able to slow it down a little bit. Uh, excited to, it's always good to see. You know, there's a lot of people I still care about here. And, you know, it's fun to play in the stadium where it all started. I think about the video tribute. I was watching you. You were down the right field line and you were stretching and you looked up. And I could tell uh, your reaction after you appreciated it. What was that like looking up and remembering those times, playoff games, all the guys that you went to war with here on this field and seeing that tribute, what did that mean to you? It meant a lot. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think it means that, uh, you know, I did a few things good. Yeah. I think it means that, uh, you know, that we, we had a good run here. You know, unfortunately, all good things come to an end and a new chapter begins for, you know, a lot of the guys uh, that have come through here. So I, I still keep up with my teammates here. I keep up with Oli and all those guys. So it's fun to see what they're on to. But to see that video and uh, look back and, you know, to be able to wave to the crowd and, you know, tip my cap. Never had a moment like that before. So it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, I, I feel the love here from everybody still. So, you know, I have uh, obviously uh, enjoyed, you know, all my time as an Oakland A. So to, to be able to come back and be welcomed with open arms, sure, it won't be the last time I come back here. So no. um, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm you know, I'm at least coming back here next year. You're not right? retiring, are you? No. So uh, chances are 
chances are I'm going to come back here, but the first time's always really special, and uh, I think it'll get a little easier to play as I keep coming back here. But uh, you know, it's a lot of a uh, lot of memories all at once yesterday. All right, so you've always been real honest with us. So I got some questions, and I know yesterday around the media they're going to they're going to ask you the traditional, and you're going to well, I don't know how to get to the opposing clubhouse and all that kind right. of stuff. But let's be honest. This clubhouse was your clubhouse. Yeah. You were the leader here. For sure. Wasn't that long ago, I'd be looking over at you right over there, say hello to you. You're yelling up to them, turn up the music. This was your house. Absolutely. You were the leader of this franchise. When you rolled in here yesterday, just, I know it's getting a little deep, but just what did that mean to your core that this was Bob Melvin, you, the leaders, to not be that guy? That had to feel really strange. It did. Um... You know, I, 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 it did feel strange, you know, to be a little bit of a stranger in your own land. But I think, um, you know, I, I still came in through F-Lot. I went into the clubhouse through the A's way, said hi to everybody. So, um, you know, I wanted to make my rounds early so I could come into the clubhouse, obviously try and get ready to play. But, you know, it, it, hurt, it hurts a little bit, you know. I think, uh, you know, I'm happy, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm excited to be a Blue Jay. This, is, uh, this isn't about them, you know. This is, uh, I'm, my goal is to win a World Series. Uh, you know, I love playing with these guys, a bunch of talented young players. So that's all great. But, you know, to answer your question, and truthfully, uh, you know, it stings a little bit, you know, knowing, uh, you know, going from, you know, having Bo Mel and being a leader and all those things and coming in here and kind of having a, you know, that ripped out from you. It, it just uh, happened fast, and it just kind of reminds you that it's a business, you know, and it's um, it's the way it works sometimes. And, you know, I think it started with Marcus and Liam leaving, obviously. Uh, that one kind of pissed us off. And then, obviously, me and Oli and Bass and Amaniah and all next and Bowmel. So kind of the writing was on the wall. But, you know, with every every chapter that closes, there's a new one, and I have new opportunity and uh, new goals and uh, new focus here in Toronto. And, Obviously, uh, you know, there's still like I feel like I have a lot to prove not only to myself, to my teammates, but the game. And, um, you know, I'm just excited to be able to still have that opportunity because, uh, you know, I'm still blessed to be able to play baseball every single day. Uh, I feel like I'm a leader in the clubhouse in Toronto. Uh, maybe, you know, I'm not coming in there and barking orders by any means, but I'm, I'm helping lead this team to go yeah. where they want to go because I want to go there, and so do they. And the East is incredible, no it doubt is. about it. I just I want to give you the same shot that I gave Jason Giambi years ago when we talked about it. was a lot about his contract, whether he was even offered the contract contract here he ends up signing with new york he ended up telling us i was never offered a contract from right. the a's there was nothing ever put in writing was there a contract offered to mm-hmm. you was it something he actually saw that you're able to turn down how did that yeah. all go i, I want to there be fair a, to you no there was a there was a and i know it's funny how that all comes out after right? the fact right but that's uh that's how it is i know that you know they probably want to let people know that they they you know they didn't just let me walk right but there was a contract offer um you know it's obviously public now but that was a tough decision for me you know did I uh you know I was young in my career still I had just come off of two really great seasons um you know I wasn't afraid to bet on myself but it wasn't even as much of about the money as it was about um you know kind of knowing the trend of the A's right um so I said I said no to that deal not because I was I wanted more money or whatever it is. Obviously, money has to do with the contract, and you know I thought that I'm worth more money than that. But at the end of the day, if I knew that Bob Melvin, Matt Olson, Marcus Simeon, Bassett, Manaya, Montas, Trinan, everybody that I played with that made us win 97 games two years in a row and win the division in 2020, if I knew that 
we were going to get a new stadium. We were going to continue success, win World Series, and run the same guys out there and continue to build that core, I would have committed. But I didn't know if that was what I was committing to. And it, there would have been a chance I signed that contract. Now Olsen's gone. Now Marcus is gone. All these guys are gone. And I'm here, you know, without the guys that I signed up to play with. So that's kind of what factored into my decision more than even the money. Obviously, it is a business. And, you know, you have to, you know, make that decision was a tough decision. It, it kind of, uh, you know, was a really hard decision to make. But, you know, I, I'm, I don't regret it. I look back and, you know, I really am a pr- proud of what I did in Oakland. I'm proud of the... Yeah, I left it all out there on the field every single time. You know, I played through injuries. I injured myself. I did whatever it took to show up and play for the team, for, you know, the name on the front of the jersey. And, you know, I'd do it all over again if I could. But I I don't regret it. I know that, you know, who knows what's going to happen, how much money I'm going to make if I live up to the contract, whatever it is. But I came to peace with that. You know, that's not what life's all about. You know, life's all about, uh, you know, a lot of things but baseball wise you know it's about being able to put yourself and bet on yourself and have an opportunity to uh you know make a decision where you want to play and make a decision who you want to play with and I wanted to play with those guys and I didn't know if that was going to happen well you know you're always going to be loved here and we're always going to miss Bob Melvin and you the battle every day that you guys had was it was they were epic battles for sure for sure they were um so yeah, that is, that is something that I'll always, uh, you know, look to and laugh, and it'll be fun one day when I get to see Bo Mel across the way. But, um, yeah, just a lot of a lot of good memories coming back here. It's uh, it, was, it was a little different uh, looking down at myself on this field in blue. Uh, <laughs> that was that was a trip yesterday. It was uh, usually looking down and seeing my white cleats and uh, white green uniform, and I look out and I'm having to make the long run over there. So a lot of weird things your first time back, but. Uh, you know, there's. I have no hard feelings with the A's. You know, I hope the A's fans have no hard feelings towards me about the whole contract thing. Um, but it is a business, and that's the way it goes. And you know, my decision wasn't based off of, uh, you know, strictly based off of money. Obviously, I thought, uh, you know, at that time I was, you know, right up there in the MVP voting. I was uh, playing really good baseball. I still think that I can play that kind of baseball. And it was mostly a decision made about, you know, what, what the future of this franchise looked like with, with my teammates, and that's who I cared about playing with the most. And I just obviously look at Marcus and Olsen now, they're signed long-term somewhere else. So, you know, that that's kind of what I, what I was afraid of, and I just didn't want to be, you know, without those guys. Well, we'll always appreciate your time. Yeah. You know, I said the same thing to Marcus when he came back. We'll always be rooting for you. Absolutely. Well, I'm always uh, always peace of me, will be, you know be remembered as an Oakland A and I've uh, always uh, loved coming here so it's fun to be back. He's a good guy we will always root for him it was an emotional few days no question about it and good luck to Matt Chapman the rest of the season how about former A and now coach for the Royals John Mabry. John Mabry former athletic is joining us here on Ace Cast Live on the field of course now a coach with the Kansas City Royals we not only took this thing, we've taken it to, John, to another. We're, we're now on on Twitter. We're now on YouTube. So you're able to see what we do now oh, as, as our set. N- not a bad little set here for Ace Cast Live. I'm telling you, you guys got the number one position right here. A lot has changed since you were here with the athletics way back when. In this place? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> what is it like for you when you come back and uh, you think about your time here and obviously all the years you came here as a player? What's it like when you come back? 
Uh, just see all the people, you know, the clubhouse guys are the same and, and you know, the folks around Clay's the same. Uh, just seeing people that you you saw when you were here and, you know, that kind of stuff. But obviously the team and players are different, but, uh, you know, the guys that the, that are around the team are the same. Well, you think we're in, we're in 2022. Look back 2002, the memory. I mean, we, we still play it all the time and, you know, they ended up writing a book about it, made some little movie about it. Yep. Uh, when you come here, do you think about that? Do you think about the win streak? Do you think about the team? I think it was a fun summer for sure. Yeah, yeah. I didn't start out here. I got traded here yeah. from Philadelphia. And, um, you know, they were, all I heard uh, when I came here was how bad they were. And when we got here, from the minute I got here from that time on, they won. And, and it was such a fun summer. It was just, it was cool. I, I do think about that. I do think about the guys. Uh, really great group of guys, fun, fun bunch of guys. Uh, I always remember coming back late, like we came back late a lot. So uh, they never quit. Uh, I remember that. Um, the fans here, it was like a college football atmosphere when they're beating on the drums and blowing the horns and all that good stuff. So it was, it was a great atmosphere to play in. Um, so I remember that and the streak, going through the streak, something you don't even do in Little League, you know, and win 20 in a row and, and that kind of thing. You don't even think about that kind of stuff. But uh, it was a fun summer for sure. You know, that's something we pride ourselves in around here with Oakland for so many years is how the clubhouse has been. And you can't stress enough when you look back and you can talk about as a player just how we have players even today that they'll leave and they'll contact us and go, man, it's just not the same with other teams. There's there's always been something special about that rickety old clubhouse. I don't know what it is. It just is what it is. Yeah, they just let guys be guys, you know, and they don't they don't regulate it a whole lot. And, and uh, you know, you come out here, and I know last year we came here and guys are out playing hacky sacks and, yeah. you know, and, and big floppy hats and on, they're wearing flip-flops out. And, you know, they just let you be you and, uh, you know, let, let the kind of the – organic natural you know fun happen because this game is you know hard it is stressful but uh, there's a time that you have to let people be people and, and kind of blow off some steam and, and they, they did that a lot here and which was which was fun as a player it was cool to see um, and it was cool to be a part of so you just kind of you got to get guys in their natural atmosphere and let them be them and, and you never know what's going to happen so it, it was cool we saw the Atlanta Braves finally lose today, the Chicago Cubs ending their 14-game winning streak. And, you know, you, you start to hear people who either played for the Indians or the Rockies had their great run at one point. When you're in a streak like that, do you, do you feel unbeatable when you get to the ballpark? What is the feeling like every day? Uh, the feeling is it's, like, continuous. You just, when you go home, you feel like you're right back here and, and, and nothing is, is eating at you. There's nothing that's, you know, going bad. It's, everything is going well. Different guys are stepping up every day. Um, a different individual has a big game or a different pitcher comes out and, and throws a gem, you know, and you just kind of expect that. And, you know, I've played on some teams where you expect the other. And yeah. So, so, so <laughs> yeah. you know, when you're in a streak like that, it's just great to have that kind of expectation when you get to the ballpark that something – good is going to happen tonight and it was amazing how many big hits Miguel Tejada had during that time especially late in the streak 100 percent, yeah yeah he was uh him Javi all of them you know it's 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 crazy it's fun to watch but it, it was a lot of different guys would come up big late I mean obviously Miggy had the lion's share of it because you know he's the guy but uh there was sort of some other guys coming up with big hits as well through that streak that uh you know guys that you wouldn't expect so it, it was it was fun to see and then the record game, you go up big, you got Tim Hudson on the mound. You're thinking this thing's an absolute no-brainer.
Wagner. Yep. And then, of course, the comeback, Hatterberg, yep. and next, yep. you know, yep. once again, they're uh, making a movie about it. And it's, up, it's up for an Oscar. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, that game, we're playing the Royals, actually. Yeah. And, and uh, go up 11 nothing with Huddy on the mound, you think that one's over. You know, if you go up 4 nothing with Huddy on the mound, you think it's over. So, you know, and I know a lot of it didn't get made about how good those three were, uh, those three starting pitchers. Uh, they were really good, you know, with, <laughs> and Lytle and Harang on the back end of that were really, really good as well. So, we felt like we could win if, if we put up three or four runs. We felt like we're going to be in a game, you know. And, and so those guys, when you go up 11 like that, you think it's over. And then to have that thing come back and get tied and then for Hatterberg to come out and, you know, pinch hit off their closer and win the game, it was it was crazy. It was a fun night. Making history, no doubt about it. And obviously what we have here tonight is something that's obviously different to the worst records in baseball. Uh, you know, where what you guys are trying to build in Kansas City, kind of far different than just a pivot that's happened with this organization. On your guys' side, a lot of young players hoping for the future. Here we are mid-June. What do you try and stress as a coach to these players to help them grow, to get them better, because you're looking towards the future? That's it, just experience. You know, they have to get it at this level, at this time, because you just can't tell them unless they experience it. You know, they're not going to yeah. go out and face, you know, a guy that's a Cy Young candidate and, you know, and stuff at, you know, you know how, how they attack and what they're trying to do and, you know, how important every play is, how important, you know, turning double plays are or making the play when it's supposed to, blocking a ball when you're supposed to. It's like winning baseball is tedious. You know, you have to do the little things right all the time. And, you know, when guys are younger, they have a tendency to kind of drift sometimes mentally or, or they have a tendency not to understand the importance of it, you know, but it's all important at this level. You just you can't get away with a whole lot to be a winning baseball club. I'm so glad you said that because today we got the combine going on. I like this combine, but, you know, it's just kids getting in the cage, grip it, rip it, how fast you run to first base. It's no different than, like, what we've seen for all these years in the NFL combine. But what wins baseball games it's not the sexy. It's not the popular. You know, we can track man this and we can do all that, but it's little things inside an actual game that you have to do. Kind of like what we're seeing at the U.S. Open in golf. It's the little things you have to do to win. Oh, 100%. Like golfers are playing the course, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like you're, you're gonna, they're going to be a sequence out here that you might have never seen before, a guy that can command both sides of the plate or multiple different pitches or make two pitches move the same or different. You know, it's – they don't get to see that every day. And every time the door swings open, somebody's throwing 97 to 100, you know, with some kind of run sink, you know, and everything that they face out here is going to be, you know, high quality every day. And there's there's no easy ones. You have to slay a giant every day to win in this league. And, and so, you know, those guys get to see that on a day-in and day eight basis, day-in, day-out basis, but they have to experience it. You know, you can tell them all you want, but they have to experience some of this stuff for themselves to really know. But... It is. It's, you know, and, and the way the scouting of the combine is now, it's throw hard, run fast, you know, and, and hit it far. But when you get to a game, you got to move a guy, you got to get a guy in, you got to, you know, it's, you got to show up every day. And, and it's, that's the hard ask mentally. You know, you, you're, you're, especially today's society with, you know, 24 7 scrutiny and, and the way these guys handle this pressure. And they just don't have this kind of pressure on them until they get here. All right, last one. Bobby Witt Jr., I'm looking at the numbers. Last eight games. Uh, since actually May 1st, everything trending up. Mm -hmm. We've heard a lot about him, seen the highlights. This is our first look at him. Mm -hmm. How special is this kid? He's very special, and you're going to see something tonight that's going to make you say, wow. It, it might be on the bases. It might be in the field. It might be a throw. It might be a hit. It might be something that you're going to say, wow. Uh, loud contact. It, it's going to be something. But every every day this kid plays, he gets better and better. Uh, it's, it's getting to that point where – 
you know, obviously today's how fast the scouting reports move that, you know, they got you when you get here. Before it used to be you could go around the league one time, second time through, you, you know, you'd make your adjustments. But uh, this kid's making adjustments fast. He's, uh, he's getting to see the things that he needs to see to make his adjustments. So he's, uh, he's, he's a fun kid to watch. He's a, he's a true talent for sure. Well, I tell everybody, whether it's been with the A's or my time, I used to work for the Oakland Raiders and going to play the Chiefs, going, you go to Kansas City, You've got the World War One Museum. You, you, you've got the Negro League Museum, mm-hmm. the Jazz Museum, mm-hmm. all the barbecue. Yep. It's a sneaky great town. Awesome town. Yeah, great, great up-and-coming city. It's just uh, it's, it's fun to be. The atmosphere is fun. Uh, a winning atmosphere is really going to be fun. Uh, the Chiefs have made it fun, you know, and, yeah. and so uh, we're trying to get to that level as well to, to try to get, you know, that energy as well around the city to try to bring – folks out and and uh, pack the stands like they did in 14 and 15 and and so it's uh, it's gonna be fun we got these kids here and uh, they're learning on the job hopefully quick well thank you for coming by I mean last time I interviewed you was a long time ago but it's great to see it great that you're doing well and good luck to you guys and we'll talk to you uh maybe sooner than you think I think we play next week sounds good you take care we got more coming up next right here on A's cast live love having him on and reminiscing How about one of the voices of baseball? For years, the voice of Sunday Night Baseball. You see him and you hear him doing not only baseball on ESPN, but basketball, college basketball on ESPN. One of the great broadcasters, the Canadian, the voice of the Blue Jays, Dan Schulman. Dan Schulman, who we're going to have on here as he's been a good friend of the program for many years, coming on, uh, does a great job not only on ESPN, and we mention all the time on college basketball, college football, uh, longtime voice of Sunday Night Baseball now doing the Toronto Blue Jays as, yeah, the Blue Jays come in here as a very interesting story. The whole AL East is an interesting story when you think about it. And, and come on now because we're now on video. We're now doing this Oh, where thing. am I? Okay, there we are. We're now doing it Good on thing you- I dress for it. We're on YouTube. We're on really? Twitter. We're just not streaming anymore. We've nice. graduated really. Well, congrats. A bit. Congrats. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's great to be here. I have not been here. I think the last time I was here was the wild card game. What year was that when Manaya pitched against the Rays? Is that right? 19, was that right? 18. 19. 2019. 19. Yeah. I think it's the last time I've been here. So we're just glad to be anywhere. We didn't do traveling we didn't travel at all for two years right because of the border thing so we're glad to be everywhere these days yeah and and I remember when we were talking to you on Ace Cast Live about you know for you just to leave Canada to go do your work that you do for ESPN then you'd have to go back home and you had to quarantine for 14 days life has been so different for you guys north of the border and we're still talking about teams that go in with unvaccinated players can't play though yeah the unvaccinated guys are not crossing the border uh, are not coming to Toronto. I mean, there is, and nobody knows this, there is a law about in the U.S. about that as well, that if you're not an American citizen and if you're not vaccinated, you can't come to the U.S. So Vladdy and Guriel and Teoscar, they wouldn't be able to do it if they weren't vaccinated. So the, the law actually goes both ways, yeah. but everybody's focusing on the players who aren't coming to Canada. So the Blue Jay, for the Blue Jays, listen, it's not it's an it's a federal law. It's got nothing to do with them. And and, you know, for two years, they were at a significant disadvantage being nomads, you know, going moving around, not having a home. So and, and they can't sign or trade for unvaccinated players. They can't have anything to do with those players because they wouldn't be able to play in Canada. obviously, uh, Right. So thought about that. So, yeah, everybody thinks about it just on one side. So yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, we don't even talk about it that much anymore. Like we know whenever any team comes, they 
I would say some teams have not had any unvaccinated. Other, I think the peak was four. I can't remember what the A's had. It was so long ago now. It was three or four. I yeah, think, they three. A's. Yeah, three. Yeah, so the peak was four. Um, it's one of those, it is what it is, you know. So it, there's still a pandemic going on. And, and I mean, our, our borders are, if you're vaccinated, the border's totally open. You can go back and forth, do whatever you want. Um, but if you're unvaccinated, there are still some issues going both ways. So. I mean, you bring up a major point, which obviously, as you said, we're over here in America not thinking about it, but you're trying to win a World Series. You could have a guy that you've pinpointed and you say, I want that guy, or there could be guys trading inside the organization. If they're not vaccinated, they're no good to you. They're no good to us. I mean, that's the start of the conversation between GMs. Right. Well, I will tell you this. Kirby Snead is in Oakland A. He's not a Toronto Blue Jay anymore. Like, it's not a coincidence he was in the trade. So he couldn't be a Toronto Blue Jay this year. He was one of the guys who did not come to Toronto in April because because he's not vaccinated. But to me, even it's interesting from a Yankee-Red Sox-Rays point of view, like, what if the Red Sox are in Toronto for a playoff series in October? What if the Rays are in Toronto for a playoff wow. series in October? Because the wild card round now is a two out of three, but all of the games are in the ballpark of the higher seed. So for the Red Sox, for example, again, I don't want to make too big a deal out of it, but I'm just answering the questions you're, you're asking. No, it is a big deal yeah. because the Red Sox, if I remember correctly, reading in the old notes, yeah. They had multiple relievers that couldn't come to the series. Tanner Houck was not there, and Jaron Duran, their center fielder, was not there. Cutter Crawford was not there, but I think he's on the IL. He's uh, he's come off the IL. And I believe it has been reported Chris Sale, who's not yet on the active roster, yeah. but will be, that he's not vaccinated. Oh, so, boy. Um, Seattle, Robbie Ray. I, I was on Twitter like three weeks before Seattle came to Toronto, and I saw Robbie Ray posing for a picture with the Cy Young Award. And I went, well, that's odd. Why wouldn't he get the Cy Young Award in Toronto? Because they're coming yeah. here when he won the Cy Young Award. And then I said, he ain't vaccinated, and he didn't come. Um, now, if you're a starting pitcher, you can manipulate it a little bit, move a guy around so he misses the series. But for a playoff series, obviously you can't do that. But, again, the Blue Jays, not that they're distancing themselves from it, but they're playing by the rules that are in place, just like they played by the rules that were in place the last two years when they had to play games in Dunedin and Buffalo. They were – there's no question they were at a competitive disadvantage the last two years. And, listen, obviously they're at a bit of an advantage this year if Tanner Houck and Jaron Duran and Chris Sale aren't coming to Toronto. But, uh, you know, again, that they're worrying about them, about their team, and just trying to play the best baseball they can play. So. You know, your voice is so iconic, and I know you downplay it, but, you know, for us people have been in sports talk for a long time. We've played your highlights for so long. <laughs> And, You're making me sound old here. And, and well, I've been, <laughs> I've been in the business a long time. I, I'm myself. oldish. I'm not quite old. So, but, but yeah. <laughs> but I think about it. You know, your time at ESPN, not only your time with the Blue Jays, and I just think about like, you know, there are nights when we get done. I mean, you guys are way done, and I'll get done, and I go in. And I have my studio at home, yeah. and, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm watching Quick Pitch, and and I'll be doing whatever, and boom, your voice comes up as yeah. they're doing the highlights. I mean. Just what does that mean to you as all your work that you do have one of just your voice is so recognizable that our fans, even here on the West Coast, they know who you are. So, honestly, I never, ever, ever think about it. I I just – this is what I do and the fact – you know, I get that. I've worked for ESPN, so whether you're in Oakland or Seattle or Miami or New York, you know, whether it's baseball or college basketball, like I've been out there. But I I don't – it's it's just my – it's my job. It's what I do. I go and I call the game and then wherever that goes after that – um, is a different thing. But it, it's funny. Sometimes, you know, there are people in the U.S. who only know me for baseball. There are people in the U.S. who only know me for basketball. 
yeah. which to me is kind of funny. Um, the, there are people in Toronto. So I started my career in Toronto. Then I went full-time to ESPN, and then I came back. I was gone, quote, gone, about 15 years. So a lot of people in Toronto have no idea. I come back, and it's like, who's this American guy coming to do Blue Jay games? <laughs> And I'm like, ask your dad. He'll tell you who I am. You know, so, yeah. Um, so, but I, I don't get caught up in all that. You know, everybody everybody knows who they know. They follow who they follow. They watch what they watch. But um, I, I've been really, really lucky. Like, between baseball and college basketball, two sports I just love, you know, to have the experiences that I've had have been – it's it's really been a great ride. Because the reality is the college basketball crowd is far different from the baseball oh, crowd. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In, in different parts of the country, like in Indiana – I'm a basketball guy, but yeah. in I, I don't know, pick a city, maybe for the for the uh, in St. Louis, right? Because I did back in those days in my ESPN days doing baseball for them, did a zillion Cardinal games. I'd be a baseball guy. So, but uh, again, I I don't I got enough to worry about without focusing on how I'm viewed or who you know that kind of stuff. So I just uh, I I like going to the ballpark or going to the arena, punch the clock, do the game, go home, lay low. Rinse, repeat. Just do it again. <laughs> the, the, the national holidays are big in yeah. our sport. And I was watching your guys' game against the Rays on Canada Day. You were on MLB Network. Uh, oh, really? They, they showed us? I didn't even know that. They showed yeah, us on They MLB. showed – I watched two of getting ready for our game. Yeah. I'll sit there and watch MLB Network. You had you guys had first game of the doubleheader yeah. on Saturday, was it? Was it Saturday? Uh, well, Canada Day was Friday. Was Friday. That game yes. was on. Yeah. And I want to say the first game of your doubleheader well, was on. That's good because we, it, it seems to us whenever, not whenever, yeah, kind of whenever, our game is on MLB Network. It always seems like they use the other carrier, like there's some – don't use the Canadian show kind of thing. We, but so I'm glad to hear we were well, on. That's how I, I didn't even know we were on. That's so. the only reason why I okay, knew that good. there was good, the good, good. Uh, the Guerrero bobblehead. It was the your, Vlad and Dad. Yeah, it, that's it right. Oh, so you broadcast. heard me promoting the hell out of that. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I was there. There were people. So that game Saturday, the first game started at noon Toronto time at 8 a.m. There were thousands of people lined up because they they were giving away 15,000 of those. But they were going to get a crowd of forty thousand, so wow. that means twenty five thousand unhappy people. So uh, I got down there noon game. I got down there eight thirty, eight forty five, and I mean it was lined up around the ballpark. So obviously Vlad Junior is a huge deal. Vlad Senior played for Montreal, and that's that's a thing in Toronto. It's still Canada. They wear the same number. They have the same name. Senior was in the ballpark. He threw out the first pitch. Junior caught it. It was a good vibes day. It you know it was really it was really fun. So um, yeah, our fans love bobbleheads, and this uh, the Vlad and Dad one I think is the most popular one we've ever had. So when you think of the holidays, Canada Day, now Fourth of July, yep. baseball. Just what does it mean as a broadcaster being on and knowing that these days mean so much to these countries? Right. So Canada Day is huge. The Blue Jays wear red. Everything in the ballpark is red. All the graphics and everything is red. I think the CN Tower is lit up red. And we really dig Canada Day there. Like, Canadians are not all that good at saying, hey, look at us. That's not kind of our style. But but Canada Day, we kind of let it go a little bit, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, listen, no country is perfect, but... Um, I think most Canadians love Canada, and, and, and I'm one of them and love being from Canada. And 
um, we kind of blow it out that day pretty good. And it, it, it was really fun. And, and on Canada Day, the day before, the giveaway was a red Springer Blue Jay jersey. So there were, everybody was wearing red in the ballpark. And then 4th of July, whether it's for the Blue Jays, but more for ESPN. I've done a million of 4th of July, 4th of July games. And, and it, it's great. You know, the whole sports, politics, nationalism thing is complicated sometimes. And honestly, on my way to the ballpark today, I'm just thinking about, oh, Alec Manoa is starting. The Blue Jays need a win. Boston beat Tampa Bay. I'm just thinking about that kind of stuff. But um, I'm hoping there's a good crowd tonight. I don't know what the crowd will be. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming there are fireworks after the game yes. tonight, so which is always great. So, yeah, it's always, you know, even whether it's Memorial Day in the U.S., Victoria Day in Canada, Labor Day in either country, all those, all those special days are fun to do games. Yeah, there's a good chance you're going to see Manoa tonight, and then you're going to see him at Dodger Stadium on oh, the yes. 19th. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, what a year he's yeah. having. Yeah. Uh, and I want to get to your young guys – and they're not really young guys anymore, but how, how is it going with our guy, Matt Chapman? He's doing great. So, um, offensively, uh, I would say a little up and down, a little hot and cold. You know, he's not hitting for the average he would like to. He's hitting for power. He's been a tough luck guy. Uh, we always talk about it. It feels like he leads the majors in 380-foot outs this year. I mean, he's hitting a lot of balls to the track, to the wall that are getting caught. The defense has been everything you guys saw for five years. It's been great, absolutely great. So, He's fitting great in the clubhouse. He's become a leader in the clubhouse very quickly. Uh, everybody loves him in the clubhouse. Um, you know, I don't, I don't venture too far in, but it looks like he's in the cool group in the clubhouse. He's hanging, <laughs> he's hanging with those guys. He, he's in charge of a lot of the music. I know that, whether it's on the plane or in the clubhouse. So, um, and I think he's been great for you know for a guy like Bo Bichette, for a guy like Santiago Espinal. Kevin Biggio, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I think Chapman's been great for them. I know Charlie Montoyo loves him. He goes out of his way to talk about him all the time. So um, it's great. They needed a third baseman. They really, really needed a third baseman, and he's he's with them for this year and next year, and that's great. Okay, so I got it in the notes, and it's hard to believe. Now, you guys haven't faced a lot of left-handed pitchers. Right. And you've got a bazillion right-handed hitters. That's why we haven't faced a lot of left-handed pitchers. And you yeah. haven't done well against left-handed <laughs> no, pitchers. No, it, it's like it happens so infrequently. It's like they kind of have to reboot their hard drive in order to figure out how to hit a lefty. So Cole Irvin will be interesting because he dominated them in one start last year, and they crushed him in the other. So who knows what we'll get tonight. He's the kind of guy who can give them trouble. You know, fastball in, change up away. They can get a little anxious and roll over and hit a lot of ground balls to third and short. So we'll see what happens. But they're swinging the bats well. Uh, two months ago, the pitching was great and the offense was really struggling. Now the offense is great and the pitching has some cracks in the ice. So we'll see. But they're, they're swinging the bats really well. And, um, I mean, he can shut them down. There's no question. But he'll have to be on his game to shut them down tonight. Two biggest comebacks, and we'll end on this. Two biggest comebacks in baseball history from July 4th on. 73 Mets were 11 and a half games back, and then our kind of famous 2012, we right. were 10 and a half games back and then reeled in the Rangers. Right. I just think about the Yankees. I think about the East. I think about the extra wild card. I mean, it's kind of like if you're in the West or the Central right now, long way to go. You better win your division because yeah. everybody might be coming out of the East. It could be. Just what is it like, and how do you see it going the rest of the way, kind of like the halfway point? So, as our manager, Charlie Montoyo, says, it's like every divisional game is a playoff game, whether it's in April or October. You know, the Red Sox are good. The Rays are good. And the schedule is so imbalanced, too. Like, here's the funny thing. Baltimore is not bad. Baltimore is a 500 team outside good of the bullpen. American League East. Very good bullpen. So, 
I think everybody in the East is looking forward to next year when the schedule is a little bit more balanced. You play more interleague games and not as many interdivisional games. Um, the Blue Jays are assured of nothing right now because a Minnesota or a Cleveland, you know, two teams could sneak out of there or the White Sox could get hot, something like that. The West, it kind of feels like one team, but but we'll wait and see. But for the Blue Jays and the Red Sox and the Rays, you got to play well. It's um, there are no there are no really easy stretches of the season. You might have a week where you say, okay, we play them and them, but then boom, it's Yankees, Rays, Red Sox coming yeah. right after that. So the Jays have done okay within their own division, and I think they're good enough to be a playoff team, but they need some pitching help. They're, if they didn't, they're, they're going to make a couple of moves in the next few weeks. They have to. He's a legend, and it's always great <laughs> to have him on. We appreciate the you time. Got it. Have good a good to see broadcast. You. Thank you. And uh, we got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Dan is good people, and it was great to get him back on the set of A's Cast Live. And one of our favorites, the guy that we've dubbed the opener for years, we had him on the program, and he was a Tampa Bay Ray. He now is a Houston Astro, but he is a friend of the program, as we like to say. Here is Ryan Stanek, reliever from the Astros. Ryan Stanek is going to join us coming up here. Uh, A's Houston Astros reliever. Last time we talked with him, he was a Tampa back in the day. What's up? And we'll have him on here. It's been a while. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Uh, doing well. The last time we uh, last time we had you here, you were a Tampa Bay Ray. Yeah, it's been a minute, huh? A lot has changed. How's yeah. life? How's everything going? Life is good, man. Can't complain. Can't complain. Got a family now. Um, yeah, since we talked, married, had a kid. Yeah, yeah. congratulations. Big, big life things. It changes everything, oh, huh? Oh, it does. Yeah. I got to think as a player, though, what's it like? Does it change? Has it changed for you now that you're just not playing for yourself, now that you're really kind of you're playing for a whole new life now? You're playing for a family. What does that do for you? Honestly, I think it makes me take the game. I feel like it's going to sound bad, but it's not how I mean it. It's like it makes you take the game less seriously away from the field. Yeah. Like you focus on your family when you're away from the field instead of like bringing the game home with you. Like, when you're at the field, you're focused, you're doing your thing, but, like, you have a good day, you have a bad day. You flush both super quickly when you get home and spend time with the family because you have to be intentional in, in spending time with them because, obviously, you're gone a lot. So anything good or bad that happens is gone as soon as you leave. So I feel like you, 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 you obsess over it less, which is, I think, a, like a healthy thing. Yeah, no doubt. Look at that. You're all grown up now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> How's playing for the Astros? You guys are having a hell of a year. Mm-hmm. We played well. We, play, we played uh, some good baseball lately. Um, it's been great, man. They, they, they're smart. They're smart. They're, they, they handle their business really well. They're very professional, very prepared. Um, obviously, a lot of talent. But that's, I feel like that's, that's pretty, pretty obvious. And, but, like, it's a great group of guys, like – 
everybody's fun and likes to be around each other and have a good time and then like you can kind of see it when the game starts like everybody kind of like clicks into gear going all right it's game time like it's loose and light and fun and then as soon as the game turns like the game comes on or comes around everybody like locks it in and it's it's kind of a different atmosphere when the game's going on everybody's uh way more focused and locked into like the task at hand and then as soon as the game's over it's right back to like have yeah. a good time yeah <laughs> it's cool you know when when I think about like your time with the Rays. Everybody thought, well, the Rays are really smart and they're doing a lot of good things, and that's why they win with what they have. And then now you're with the Astros, and what's everybody's always said, hey, the Astros can bring you in and make you a better player with whatever magic or pixie <laughs> dust that they have. Uh, what is the difference between the Rays and the Astros? I think there's way more similarities than there are differences, actually. Like, Honestly, payroll is obviously kind of a, a, a thing, but like, it's the way it's ran is very similar. Like the way they identify players, the way they they look at the game, like identifying people's strengths. They do they do a lot of things that are very very similar, which for me has been great because it's super comfortable. It's what I what I was basically grew up in. So coming here, it actually it felt very very normal for what I what I was used to so it was uh it just kind of felt like a natural fit from the start so when you came in with Houston did they say anything like hey we noticed this let's work on this because that will make you better because we know they've done that with other pitchers yeah yeah it was more it was more almost going back and like back to what I did well and I'd kind of gotten away from some things um after I'd gotten traded um and I just kind of went back to, to, like, what I had initially had some success doing and obviously refining things, like trying to improve my breaking ball, make that a better weapon. Like, that was, that was like, probably the biggest thing I've changed since I've been here is just, like, is trying to improve my, my slider a lot um, right off the bat. Like, for, in spring training last year, I think that was what I worked on most was kind of uh, improving that and making that uh, more of a weapon instead of just, like, a pitch that I had. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is, is just, I think they identify what you do well, like really well. And then they try to make you do that better. Like they, they try to find ways that you can, you can enhance the things you already do well, because I feel like more times than not, you're like, you'd rather go to something in a, in a pinch or whatever that, that you already do good. And if you do that better results should be better. You would expect well i know for you one of the things that we always loved about you was you get out there and man it's the flow and hair you're a big <laughs> dude sometimes you know you can get away from who you are but go out there and blow people away that's what you do <laughs> right i mean sometimes sometimes it just depends it depends on the situation i mean i feel like throwing hard just kind of gives you a little bit more leeway when you when you make mistakes i think it's it just it's just like a just a slight benefit to, to quality of life, I guess. <laughs> well, if you remember the last time, because it's been a while now because COVID and no one was traveling and everything, but the last time we had you here, we were talking about, hey, you're the opener. You're like the guinea pig of the guy who's going to have the most starts as a reliever. How's it going to work for you financially? You know, you go to arbitration. Is it going to help you? Is it going to hurt you? When you look back, did you like the role, and financially, did it help or hurt? 
I liked the role. I thought it was fun. It was like, I mean, pitching is pitching. I feel like for me, like in the situation, it's like I kind of I pitch roughly the same amount of innings, the same amount of whatever pitches per game. Um, financially, I don't know. I don't know. I like I don't really know because. I got non-tendered by Miami, so it kind of put me out of the the actual art process. So we never yeah. really got to like fight the case on if it was going to help or hurt or whatever. So um, I don't know if it helped or hurt at that point. So I, 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 that's a that's a good question. If we would have actually went to went to an arb hearing, yeah, we might have uh, I guess been able to to attest to which yeah, way. Because we were wondering like what is what is the shelf life of this thing because at one point i mean we got openers in the playoffs i mean you know this is what's here to stay and everybody's thinking my god we're gonna need bigger pitching staffs How, how's this gonna work and since then it's kind of kind of fizzled out a little bit what do you think the future is of the opener was it a fad or do you think it'll be something that's really here to stay honestly i don't know like i think I think a lot of it is based more on personnel that each team has and where they're at in, in most of the guys' careers as opposed to anything else. Um, I think in Tampa, like when we did it, it was more based on we had young starters, we had some younger relievers. Um, it it kind of helped some of the younger starters like maybe get used to the big leagues a little bit. But when you have more veteran starters, like it doesn't really – it's not something that really gets talked about because those guys are – established and used to starting big league games against everybody so I don't know I don't I don't want to call it a fad but I don't want to call it like something that's here to stay I don't I don't know I think I think it's still relatively too too new to to like really judge because I mean you still see see it happen on occasion nowadays too but just just not not as frequently because with Tampa I think we did it like I don't know 65 times or something like that in a year like that you probably won't see it on that scale, I would guess, but you might. I don't know. I, I, like it's. Like I'm not giving you great answers, but like there's no, like there's so yeah. there's so much that like we really don't even know, and like and how teams are going to construct their pitching staffs, and especially with there being a limit on how many pitchers you can carry, it kind of kind of handcuffs you into doing certain things when you have roster restrictions. Well, we know this. Whenever we open up the dictionary and it says opener, your picture is going to be there. You'll always be our opener. Let's end on this. You guys just had a great trip through New York, and still all I hear is Yankees this, Yankees that, AL East, AL East. At what point, and you guys went through, you went through the Mets, you went through the Yankees. At what point do the, as you, the Astros, as one of the best teams in the game, just go, do you like kind of that? They don't pay enough attention to you. Does it fuel you? Fuel you at all? What? Because I, I think it's ridiculous that they don't talk about you guys. It's all about they. They basically crown the Yankees already. Yeah, I don't think we care. It's it's whatever. It's the media can say anything they want. They're gonna say whatever they want anyway. It doesn't really matter. Like we we just gonna go out there and and play baseball. Like that's all we can do. That's that's that's, that's our job. It's we're gonna go out there and and pull for our boys and play for one another and play ball. That's it. Like, I don't think you can pay attention to anything else. It's it's all just a distraction and kind of just white noise at that point. You just kind of, like, let it go and move on and play your game and, and let, the, let the cards fall where they may. 
Well, it's always awesome to have you on the program. We were joking with Steve Sparks, one of your broadcasters earlier. He's like, oh, yeah, he's got the flow going. <laughs> it's it's like the 80s hair rock. It looks great. I'm like, oh, that's our that's the opener right there. That's our guy. So uh, it's it's been a long time. It's it great to have been. you back on the uh, – I appreciate you We call me. it the set here of A's Cast Live, and we're always going to be rooting for you. I appreciate it. It doesn't man. even matter. Even if you're an Astro, we're going to root for you. <laughs> I appreciate that. We love it. we got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. We'd like to thank Matt Chapman, John Mabry, Dan Schulman, and Ryan Stanek for joining A's Cast Live, and we present it to you right here on A's Unfiltered. Now back to A's Cast, powered by iHeartRadio. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.